Hi, I'm Diana Chan and welcome to my podcast, The Turning Point. Some of you may recognize me from MasterChef Australia, the SBS series Asia Unplated, or maybe you've even seen my face on my dumpling range that's available in Coles and Woolies. I started my career as an accountant and my life changed ever since I won MasterChef Australia in 2017. Behind every success story is a turning point. Each week, I delve into the creative minds of influential people to uncover how they achieve success from turning a passion into a reality. Each episode, I explore stories that inspire, educate, entertain, and enable you on your own journey towards success. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm looking to identify the turning points in people's lives that make them who they are today. But the purpose of this episode is to dive a little deeper and so you can get to know me a little better. I was born in Malaysia, up north, in a little town called Sitiawan. I was actually born on a guava farm. My dad gave up his job and decided to become a farmer. I actually grew up further down south in Johor Bahru, which is a city across the border from Singapore. I guess my cooking career or my passion for food really came to me when I was a kid. So coming from an Asian family, everything revolves around the dinner table. We talk about our daily lives over food. Starting at probably about the age of five, I would be in the kitchen with mum. I would be doing things like peeling onion, garlic, or cutting the chilies. Or I'd go to the market with my dad and he would choose out how to pick a good crab or seafood. He'd be like, you want to find like the strongest crab, you know, the ones that can grab your finger and break it off. That's the one that you want because it's like, it's a strong crab. So it means the meat is good. So things like that, that I, I never thought at that time that I would need it. But I'm so grateful because my parents actually taught me everything that I know about food and and not just food, but produce and ingredients. Those were the moments that I I remember the most and resonate with me. So when I got to Australia at the age of 18 and a half, my mum and dad actually wanted me to stay on and do my tertiary education here, which at that point I didn't want to because I grew up in Malaysia in my teenage years and I was leaving all my friends behind and I I felt like there was a part of me missing and taken out of me. So my parents sent me here for two weeks and I refused to stay. It was the last day of enrollment into uni and my brother was driving me to the airport and I just had this moment where I turned to my brother and said, I'll stay. And he was so shocked. He stopped the car, nearly got into a crash and he turned around. I think, you know, when people say things happen for a reason, I really do believe in that. The reason why I was meant to stay has a snowball effect on my life and where I am today. And I feel that there's this sort of instinct in me where I had to trust my gut and it comes with type of personality that I have where when an opportunity or a door opens, I always pursue it because I never want to take that chance and let it go. I feel like I'm not the only one in this boat. I feel that there's a lot of other people that I come across in my life, whether or not they're in the same industry or in other industries, that go through the same feeling, the same position and find themselves in this scenario where they are given an opportunity and they often don't know what's on the other side. It's like crossing into the unknown, good, better, otherwise, but they take that chance and they take the opportunity and they run with it and they pursue it. And often, if you have the right attitude and if you have the right mindset, you make it a success. 
I did accounting and finance, not because I love numbers or (laughs) love spreadsheets. At that time, it gave me the opportunity and the option to stay in Australia. And also coming from an Asian family, if you're not a doctor, lawyer and accountant, what are you really? So my first job was in finance. I worked on St Kilda Road and then I moved up and I went into uh, work for one of the big four accounting firms, Deloitte. I was there for four and a half years. And then in 2009, this show came on and it was the biggest thing. It was MasterChef Australia. Like, so I started watching it and I watched it every year since. And I was always so intrigued. I loved cooking. I loved having people over, cooking them a meal, making them feel like they're at home, but also, you know, spoiling them with a beautiful meal, gorgeous drinks and like nice music and just making them feel so welcome. And my friend said, you just do it so well, Di. And I was like, oh, thank you. And like, everyone's like, you have to apply for MasterChef. I sort of thought, well, you know, one day I'm going to apply one day. And I say that every year. My boyfriend at the time, he, my ex-boyfriend at the time, he actually put my application through and I didn't think anything of it. I thought like, oh, whatever. If I get in, I get in. Next minute I get a call and they were like, hey, Diana, do you want to come in for an audition? And I was like, oh my gosh, shit. I don't have anything. can't think of anything to cook. And the audition was the next day. So I basically went in and it was like a mystery box challenge. I did it. And then I got through the next round and it all happened so quick. It snowballed from one thing to another. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm actually now in the competition. This was probably the moment where I told my partner at work that I'm going on this cooking show. I'm not sure whether you've heard of it. Uh, So I tried telling that to like a partner at one of the big four firms and they go, I didn't even know you could cook. The next day, obviously, I brought him like cookies and cakes and everything and just trying to butter him up. And um, I think one of the best parts for me was the fact that I didn't have to quit my job. What I loved about it was that I took leave. So I took sabbatical leave. He said, look, Dana, go and do you, you know, if you think this is what you want to do, go for it. We support it. Doesn't matter if you're in for a week or two, but we don't want to see you for the next seven months. So go for it. So I did. So I went in the competition, so nervous at the start, didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even think I would get to the top 10, let alone win it. I think there were a few, a lot of moments in the the season where I thought those were definitely my moments where this is it. And I think one of the moments for me was when I hit top five. I took the competition seriously, but not as seriously as I did up until I was in the top five. So when I came to top five, I looked around and I was like, I've come this far. It's seven months of filming. I want to win it. It was this sort of like feeling that was in me that I had this fight, this energy that I wanted to go all the way now. So I think for me, that was like one of the biggest moments in my life. I think what I learned most about being a MasterChef is, you know, I cook for my loved ones. I cook for friends and family. And then suddenly being on this big screen and, and, and cooking in front of everyone, that was very daunting. But that sort of set the tone in my life where it's like, you can do this. You can win this thing. So go chase your dreams. If you come across an opportunity, grab it, try it. If it doesn't succeed, it doesn't matter. You know, there's so many... F- failures in my life. I've uh, tried a lot of things, but that's okay. There's also a lot of wins in there. There's sort of a lot of things to learn from seeking out an opportunity. You got to take it, grasp it and go and run with it. And I think those are the moments that I always think back and go, that's the best decision I've ever made in my life. So after winning MasterChef, there were a lot of moments in my life where I was like, what do I do? The, The feeling that you get after seven months of filming and being in an enclosed environment is quite unique. You come out and it was literally like Stockholm Syndrome. 
Um, you're given your phone back, you check your messages and you have thousands of WhatsApp messages, not that I'm a popular person, but you know, you have like all these people that have been trying to contact you because you just like fall off the face of the earth for seven months and people don't know where you are. And then suddenly, oh, look, she's on telly. There's a lot of pressure after you finish, especially if you win. There's a lot of pressure because you're pulled in lots of different direction. And if you're not a strong person, it's very easy to get swayed and not know what you want to do. And you're going 50 million miles an hour. And you don't know what direction to go in. For me, I knew at that point I wanted to do something. I just didn't know what. So the easiest thing was to just ride the wave. So I did a lot of work overseas. There were a lot of moments where I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. But then I I had this sort of worry at the back of my head, like how long is this going to last? How long is the fame going to last? And I've got basically 12 months until the next winner comes about. I need to make the most of this. That was the, the main thing. So that was my sort of turning point moment where I'm like, okay, you have won. Great. Now take it, run, do what you want. And it might not be what you want for the rest of your life, but that's okay. If the opportunity is good, take it, grab it, seize the opportunity. So a restaurant opportunity came about. So I had a pop-up restaurant for seven months called Chantine and that went so well. I loved it and I'm sure I will open a restaurant again in the future. There's actually some in the pipeline at the moment. But it did take a toll on a lot of the other things that I was doing. So I was doing a lot of travel. And obviously with the restaurant, you have to be there. It's a passion project. You have to be there. And because I won, I was like, the people put me up on this pedestal. So they came to taste my food and they were expecting me to be there 24-7, which was impossible. Like I can't be there seven days a week for 12, 15 hours every day. But I kind of was. I was there pretty much all the time. And I felt like that was amazing experience and I loved it but I couldn't do it for a very long period of time so seven months was a good time for me a lot of things in my life happen out of coincidence so I wouldn't say it's just luck but the coincidences happen and then I take it and I run with it and I chase it it is a lot of hard work for example I met my dumpling surprise at a charity event and they were like, oh, next year is our 40th anniversary. You know, we're looking for someone. And I'm like, well, me? <laughs> next minute, I'm working with them. And, you know, it's been four amazing years. We've, uh, we've got a dumpling range that's stocked all over Australia in Coles and Woolworths nationally and all the other major supermarkets. I never thought that I would go into the FMCG space, but this was an opportunity I couldn't miss. You know, last year we had $21 million in sales and I'm a face of that brand. And, you know, that's one of those proud moments for me. I'm like, had I not gone there, had I not gone to this event, had I not had a chat with these people, had I not been myself, had I not chased that opportunity, I wouldn't be a part of it. Life's a journey. It's a beautiful picture and I feel that I haven't finished my painting and, you know, I want to keep going and keep pushing. And the reason why I'm starting this podcast is I come across so many people in my day-to-day life. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are, what, what sort of career you're in or life path you've chosen. I find people really interesting. I've got a very curious mind. I'm always wanting to know why, 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 or, oh, who's that? Or what's that? Or why you chose that? And I just find it so interesting. And I know so many people that have uh, successful careers and also they do so many different things. I feel like this is the new age where people don't necessarily like set out to do what they're meant to do. 
um, very similar to me, you know, I was I was always meant to be, you know, in accounting and all of a sudden this opportunity came about which I couldn't give up and I took it and I was like, why not? Maybe I can do it. And I did it and look where it's got me. So I love talking to people that have gone through those similar paths and this is the reason why I have started this podcast because I want to chat to people and understand how they got there. I'm constantly amused by how people have the resilience to go on and chase that dream and whether or not they thought they were going to succeed or not in the first place. I feel that the more I talk to people, the more it opens my mind, the more open I become and the more I learn. And that's why I want to get people from different walks of life because life's just a learning curve. It's just one big learning curve. And there's there's so much to learn from other people, you know, every day. I, I don't want to stop learning even when I'm Hopefully when I'm 85, maybe that's a good age to go. <laughs> but like, you know, I don't want to stop learning. I want to keep finding out things. My next guest is Shannon Martinez from Smith & Daughters. Now she's your unlikely poster girl for plant-based dining and similar to me, started half her career not in food. I'm really excited for you guys to listen in and get to know her a little better because she's just this ball of fire and she's gone through a fair bit in the last couple of years and I think she's an absolute fighter. I've also got Kyla Kirkpatrick from the Real Housewives of Melbourne coming in as a guest and she's going to talk to us all about the wonderful and exquisite world of champagne. There's so much to learn from this beautiful woman. Kyla has just such a depth of knowledge of champagne and I'm really excited to have her in the studio. I also have Charlie Carrington from Atlas Dining, a young gun chef based in Melbourne. He's such a vibrant individual. He's got such amazing career aspirations and I love how gutsy he is in pursuing passions and how he just gives everything a crack, whether it's going to work out his way or not. And for that, I'm really excited to interview him. On that note, I'd love to thank you guys for listening in to the first episode of The Turning Point. I hope that gave you a little bit more of an insight into my life. And I look forward to having all the interesting guests on this podcast. Hopefully you get to know them a lot better and also me better with each episode.